welcome to sort of the story. I'm Janie. And I'm Max. And this is the podcast where we tell each other stories like fairy tales and folk tales and mythology, all those sorts of things. And also, you are here. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Right off the bat, yet again, if you are with children or you are a child. <laughs> you are with child. <laughs> or if you are pregnant or you may become pregnant, you can't this listen podcast to this is not podcast. for you. <laughs> Speak to your medical provider to... Learn more about the possible side effects of sort of the story before beginning any treatment. It may cause nausea, <laughs> diarrhea, <laughs> your eyeballs could swell and fall out of your head. Mm-hmm. You could accidentally kick your neighbor down the stairs. There may be correlation between listening to sort of the story and developing spontaneous honk disease. Also, you shouldn't operate heavy machinery while listening to sort of the story. Honkstritis. <laughs> and also you. <laughs> I don't know. We already did that. <laughs> we did that. Um, hi, guys. Welcome. So as for some context to the mood that we're in right now, we were supposed to record yesterday, Saturday, which is when we could record now. And we couldn't do it because our air conditioning broke in Georgia in July. <laughs> mm-hmm. And our house reached 91 degrees and then just stayed that way mm-hmm. for two days. For two days. It was actually 93 yesterday. Yeah. Inside. So we <laughs> with decided. The fa- with the fans going. <laughs> we decided to give ourselves a break. The AC guys came and they fixed it. And then it still didn't get below 85 for like hours. Yeah. Until last night. Yeah. Right now it's 77. It's still not great. <laughs> no, it's, it's real hot in our house. The point of this is we've been in... Very uncomfortable heat for a couple of days. We might actually have heat stroke. We're both kind of (laughs) sick. Yeah. We're both feeling bad and Mm -hmm. gross. I'm starting to... I think my insides are starting to mold. I ditched you so fast. You really did. (laughs) (laughs) Max wasn't here all of Friday, okay? Max got to be out in the world in air conditioning. And I didn't know. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not blaming you for it. I'm just saying, you weren't in the conditions that I was in. Also, you went to the pool. (laughs) I did, outside, because it was cooler to be outside of the house than it was to be inside of the house. So I went there for like two hours and hung out with Lauren, but... Then I came back and was just yet again in here. Then I went outside and I was pulling stuff up. When you came in, I was <laughs> pulling up all the weeds. There's a um, a trumpet vine that grows right next to our HVAC. We and by grows, I mean out. won't die. We keep, <laughs> I honestly, every year we dig a hole, we pull it out and it grows right back. Yeah. we Last year, I literally, I dumped Roundup in the hole and then... A couple days later, I saw some green, so I dumped more Roundup in the hole and then an entire pot of boiling water. Yeah. (laughs) It won't work. It won't die. So it grew into our air conditioner and broke the capacitor. That being said, that's where I was all day. And it was 91 in the house when you finally came home. And I was like, just a heads up. This real bad. It Mm -hmm. won't get better. And so by the time we realized that there wasn't going to be an AC person coming to fix our AC that night... I went on Tinder. The first person I was talking to, I was like, hi, what are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of temperature is it in your I, house? I took a shower to like cool off and came out and immediately my hair started, like I started sweating and I was like, oh no, I can't be here. This is a sensory nightmare for me. <laughs> so then it took me like 
an hour to dry my hair because I was sweating so much. (laughs) And then finally I was like, what's the temperature at your house? Can I come over? And they were like, to my home? And I was like, I'm on my way. And they're like, how do you know where I live? (laughs) I abandoned Max so fast. (laughs) It's also important if, uh, if you haven't listened to every episode of the podcast previous to this, it's important to note that I like the house to be very cold because I'm always warm. I like the house to be very, very cold. Like I want it to be cold enough in the summertime that I could wear like sweatpants. That's how cold I want our house to be. Janie is a lizard person. (laughs) In the summertime in Georgia, she has a space heater going in her bedroom and she sleeps under so many blankets. I think a perfect temperature is about 82. Disgusting. Okay. But that's... Just so you know, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> it hit 91 and my whole body shut down. And then I abandoned ship and left Max here just with the animals sweating so much. Like when You were literally 70... like, wait, you're leaving me? <laughs> when it gets to 73 degrees in the house, I notice. I'm like, it is too fucking hot in this house. And it was literally 91 degrees. And I was like on the couch, like not having a good time. But Janie was like... I have to leave. (laughs) Okay, man, have fun. Goodbye. (laughs) Of the two of us, the like wilting flower (laughs) would not have guessed that it would be you. (laughs) It was me. Okay, but again, that was me all day. And I've been doing a lot of yard work. So I'm also outside in the actual sun a lot now. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Was I over it. Anyway, and now we're both kind of sick. And that's the long explanation that you didn't ask for. But if you're wondering, like... Do they have each other's back all the time? The answer is no. (laughs) This was also immediately after I got home from a full day of work, put on my work boots, and came out to help you with that massive plant. I mean, yeah, but that wasn't like a... (laughs) What point are you making here? I'm just saying. I was there for you, man. You definitely were. I will say you were there for yourself more. 100% also. (laughs) I wouldn't say that that was you there for me. You Mm -hmm. live in the house as well. (laughs) Yes. All I'm saying. Anyway. And Janie didn't even ask if the guy had a hot friend. She didn't even ask. I did did not ask. (laughs) I did not ask. Next time I will start asking that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have a hot friend for my hot friend? Anyway, guys, do you have a hot friend? (laughs) Or better yet, do you have a cool friend? (laughs) Do you guys have air conditioning and what's your address? (laughs) Email us at sortofthestory at gmail.com to tell us how to get to your air conditioned house. Because right now it's 77 and it won't go down. It was 76 a minute ago. It's getting hotter. (laughs) It's getting Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Well, with all of that, if this is a conversation that you're like, wow, I wish I could talk to them more about this. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing about the intricacies of the HVAC systems within rental homes. It is so intense. And guess what? Everybody on our Discord did hear about all of them. We complained about them. Like crazy. So if you want to hear all that as well, you can by joining our Patreon. Take it away, Max. <sighs> we have our Patreon. Christ. I don't know why it takes me off card every single time. Yeah, like you don't expect me. We have a Patreon. It, the link for that is in the show notes for this episode and every episode. You could join us over there. We have two tiers for uh, patronage. There's a $3 tier where you can join us on the Discord, which is super fun. You also get... Discord access. Discord (laughs) access. And you can also access the Discord. (laughs) And if you are like have a free moment by joining that $3 tier, which is the Team Troll tier, you can also access the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a $7 tier. And at the $7 tier for a $7 monthly rate, you can get not only the regular episodes, which you get 
early at free for free for seven dollars and we don't even plug the patreon on those (laughs) you get those early you also get one entire brand new bonus episode which only our patreon patrons get access to every month wait hold on what was the first thing you said about that access to episodes early oh we do mention the Patreon. Do you want to take this away? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it real quick. Just so you know, join that $7 tier. You're part of the Story Babies family, <laughs> and you get access to the Discord, and you get monthly bonus episodes, which are excellent. They're just like these, but we don't mention the Patreon. Um, <laughs> they're the same length as our regular full-length episodes. In fact, they're more. They're usually a little bit meatier because we do a Q&A at the end. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I don't Sometimes. know if we do that every time. but Yeah. And you get these episodes a whole day early so that you can early. be in the know. Before all of your friends. Plus, if you join us on Patreon at the $7 tier, you get access to our back catalog of bonus episodes, which at this point, there are five. Yeah, there are five, five of them. And so the last one was whole... pretty fucking fun. Yeah, that's like eight hours of bonus sort of the story that you can get for just seven freaking dollars. That's Yeah, maybe more. How cool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's a lot of stuff. So you can have all of that, plus the pleasure of knowing uh, that we read your messages. I don't know. (laughs) I also, really quickly, after that was over, we did excellent no notes. Um, (laughs) If by the time you hear this, you aren't at the 11 minute mark, it's because I had to cut out a huge chunk of us fucking up our own Patreon. (laughs) Neither of us is sweating, and we're both feeling totally normal. We're (laughs) healthy, if I had to describe us as anything. And neither of us have diarrhea, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) And I wish all of you the same. Happy Fourth of July. (laughs) I want to start doing a thing, and I've mentioned this to you, and I've mentioned to the Discord. Mm -hmm. I was listening to another podcast, and I'm so sorry to betray you by mentioning a single other podcast, Max. How could you? (laughs) I know. It's called Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, and it's with a host named Liv, and I don't know her last name, but it's Greek mythology, and it's awesome. Go listen to it. I love her. But... She is in no way paying us to uh, say this. She doesn't know we exist, because why would she? But at the end of every one of her episodes, she reads a five-star review. And they've been very cute so far. They're like, wow, I never knew that I liked Greek mythology until this. Or like, whoa, she's so knowledgeable. Thank you for being awesome. And she reads those out, and it's like heartfelt and kind of sweet. And I was like, our five-star reviews, which we have a couple... They are nice, but I also feel like we are followed by specifically goblin people. (laughs) We have curated a very intense group of listeners. Deeply unhinged individuals, and we love it. Anyway, I want to start ending ours with five-star reviews. So if you want to leave us a five-star review at the end of this, (laughs) depending on what it is, we might read it on the episode, because I think these are funny. This is not a review, but this was cast in on our Discord one of our very lovely Discord members. One of the, one of the honestly top tier mm-hmm. uh, said, <laughs> did I ever mention I was pulled over for reckless driving while listening to the podcast once? I left it running, albeit at a very low volume while talking to the cop. And I got off with a warning. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to think that was because of us. The yeah. cop was like, oh, oh. <laughs> you're listening to a podcast where they just keep saying 69 and giggling. <laughs> are there Are there birds cackling on your... <laughs> radio what's happening maybe the cop's name was bob white (gasps) and he was like oh this is a podcast about me you must be pretty cool (laughs) all right get on out of here and not creepy at all and i don't have any follow-up questions bob white stay safe (laughs) anyway and that's the sort of the story promise if you're ever pulled over by a cop turn us on yeah uh try your best (laughs) rabadu and higgins attorneys at law for all of your traffic violation needs yeah (laughs) okay 
Well, Janie. with that, Max, I have a story for you today. What? I know. I got it just for you. Oh, my God. I know. And I'm going to tell you it right now. Are you yeah, ready? Yeah, do it. Okay. We'll be right back in, like, one second. Exactly. Goodbye. All right, Max. Janie. I have a book that I haven't used in a while, but I figured we're at episode 91. It's time to go back to the classics. So I grabbed Dancing on Blades, Rare and Exquisite Folktales from the Carpathian Mountains by our hero, Changa Marie Zalka. Virag. I keep writing Marie. I did that all this morning. Could not figure it out. I had to go back and manually change Marie to Virag. Hmm. Every time I wrote it. Hmm. Very weird. Huh. Changa, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, <laughs> tell me why I'm doing that. <laughs> tell me why my brain is bad. <laughs> uh, by Changa Virag Zalka. Um, legitimately, it took me so long. to. Ju- I had to keep going back. I also hmm. kept spelling it C-Z-E-N-G-A. Like, I'm trying to spell it phonetically. Hmm. Real weird. Okay. Dr. Chenga Varagzalka. Dr. Chenga Varagzalka, who we love and adore. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this book, but I have done stories from here before, and I'll talk about that at the end as well. So, are you ready? I am ready. This story is called... Touch me not. Mmm, no touchies. Uh-uh, not me. <laughs> Hands off, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your paws to yourself, guy. <laughs> I'm changing my name to touch me not as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it begins, okay? Just a quote. This story happened in the old days when everyone still had time to pick flowers in the woods on the meadows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> End quote. Nobody picks flowers in the woods anymore. <laughs> You're all too busy looking at our phones. I would like to say I disagree with how this starts because this makes it seem like the subject of our story is going to be out there picking flowers because she's like has some free time. Mm-hmm. This is how it. This is what the situation actually is. A little girl who is unnamed. There's a little girl out in a field picking wildflowers as she does every day. She would pick them to create the most beautiful little bouquets. Then she would tie them up with yarn her mother would spin during the winter. And then her mother would take them and sell them to people at the market. So she's working. She doesn't have free time. This is her job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know what? Whatever. (laughs) Who am I to question? (laughs) Her little bouquets were so beautiful that, quote, even people who did not care for flowers were tempted to buy them, end quote. Oh. And if that doesn't describe me anywhere (laughs) about anything... I love buying things that I don't want, need, or like. (laughs) I like buying things. Every morning on her way to the meadows, this little girl would stop at the chapel and she would pray to the Virgin Mary. And she would ask the Virgin Mary to give her strength and to make sure there were lots of pretty flowers for her to pick. And so on the day of this story, she's out picking all the forget-me-nots, pansies, daisies, and cornflowers she could find, which honestly would make very cute little Mm-hmm. Okay, so I like I cornflowers. I, I was just thinking that's like the best ones. When she came across a flower she had never seen before. <gasps> what? Is it an invasive species? <laughs> <laughs> Max was like, dig it up. <laughs> Get that son of a bitch out of here. <laughs> that stupid fucking flower. <laughs> this was the prettiest flower she had ever seen. It's like shining in the sun. It's just gorgeous. She was like, what the hell is this? It's like a single light shooting through the trees, like on top of this flower. And there's like little dandruffs like that, you know, like making the air sparkle around it. I've had this experience before. I saw... A flower and I was it was huge and it was this most like beautiful like dusky purple color mm. and it was like the most gorgeous thing I'd ever seen and I fully saw it mm-hmm. and like gasped 
And I was with my dad and my dad is a, a master gardener. And I was like, hey, dad, what kind of flower is that? And he was like, oh, that's kale. <laughs> that's an entire kale plant. <laughs> oh, time to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Kale. Also, uh, if you think kale is super bitter, the secret is to massage it with olive oil uh, before you do anything with it because it releases all of the bitterness and it makes it really tasty. Um, While you do that, it is important that you also have to be shirtless mm-hmm. and covered in olive oil. <laughs> But yeah, no, the first time I saw a, like a kale plant, I was like, oh, it's the most beautiful flower I've ever seen. Okay, so imagine that flower, okay? Mm-hmm. You're looking at kale. Yes. So she sees some kale in the woods and she's like, what? Beautiful. And so she walks closer to it to admire it. She like has her little basket <laughs> full of flowers and she's like, hmm, maybe I just pluck this flower. <laughs> and as she gets up, suddenly the flower speaks. Ah! <laughs> That's what she says. And the flower says, ah! <laughs> little girl, don't pick me. <laughs> I feel just like you do. Other flowers feel too, but they have been created for the joy of people. You can pick them, but please don't pick me. <laughs> this flower is throwing other flowers under the bus immediately. <laughs> this flower is just the cows from the Chick-fil-A commercial. <laughs> Eat more chicken. <laughs> little girl, pick that flower over there. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the other little flowers are like, ah! <laughs> she chopped off my mom's head. <laughs> okay. So she says, it would bring misery to both you and me, end quote. So the little girl is surprised that this flower just talked and begged for its life. Sure, sure. And so she didn't pick it. She just went back to the meadow. She filled her basket with non-talking flowers. And then she went home. And I'm no like, questions? you're so fucking chill about this. <laughs> No questions. <laughs> I have no notes for this flower. <laughs> oh, excuse me. My apologies. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know. That flower is nice, but uh, she's a chatty bitch. <laughs> on her way home, though, she makes a second stop on at the chapel because she's like, maybe I need to pray twice today. <laughs> she left a bouquet for the Virgin Mary. And it says, quote, she thought that since she had always been asking but never giving anything in return, that perhaps the talking flower had been a sign. <laughs> The logical leap. The the Mother Mary is like punishing her (laughs) with the with the curse of knowing that flowers have sentience. That flower is a real "don't pick me, bitch." (laughs) (laughs) The "don't pick me"s. Uh, So the next day, she goes back to the meadow, and then she's like, "Oh, I need to ask some follow up questions." (laughs) And so, like, you know, like, the normal things you'd ask a flower. Like, how can you talk? And what the hell is happening? And am I cursed? That Are you cursed? Who knows? So, it was even more beautiful today than it had been yesterday. Oh. The petals are, like, they're, like, pearlescent, you know, like, Ooh. under the light. And there's just, like, a single beautiful butterfly that's, like, flitting around it. And there's, like, tinkling music when you step close to it. It was just so pretty. Mm-hmm. It was just... So tempting. Mm. And her basket was so empty. (laughs) And the flower suddenly said, little girl, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) This is a quote. Little girl, I know what you're thinking. I know you are tempted, but please don't pick me. Even my name begs you. I am called touch me not. And little girl's like, oh, okay. okay." Is it poison? (gasps) (laughs) So the little girl is like, oh, okay. And she like puts her little shears back in her pocket. And she's like, so, um, why can you talk? <laughs> tell me that. And the flower's like, oh, it's a long story. But, like, I don't know. If you have some time, I guess I'll tell you. And the little girl, like, sits on the grass. And she's like, I got all the time in the world, baby. And the touch me not is like, okay. Well, 
here's what happened. <laughs> and she tells her her story. She says that when she was a little girl, she was not a flower. She was a person. And she was like, and I wasn't poor like you. I was rich. I also wasn't nice like you. I was mean. She wasn't mean, heads up. I think she's just trying to, like, suck up to this girl because she still has little shears mm-hmm. <laughs> in her pocket. And she said that her mother was the queen. And she grew up very loved and spoiled because she was a princess. And one day... You know, her mother got pregnant with her little brother, the little girl's little brother, the princesses. Mm-hmm. Touch me not. That's her name. So she got pregnant and she, you know, had a great pregnancy. But when she gave birth to Touch Me Not's little brother, Mirko, her what? <laughs> Weird naming convention. <laughs> Why? I thought it was going to be like, fool me not or something like that. <laughs> like, I wonder if Touch Me Not is her flower name. Like, I'm confused by this. Yeah. His name is Prince Mirko. Like, he has a normal Hungarian name. (laughs) So, the day her mother gave birth to her little brother, Mirko, though, her mother died, right, in childbirth. So, soon after, her father remarried one of the ladies of the court. And Touch Me Not at this point says, If anyone can say they have suffered in life, I can. I suffered from the day my father brought his new wife to the castle. So the castle had this pretty garden, and in that garden there was this gorgeous flower bed, and it only contained a single flower. Not very gorgeous of a flower bed, then. Apparently the flower was gorgeous enough that it didn't matter, the rest was dirt. (laughs) So the flower was the exact same type of flower that Touch Me Not is now. It had been her mother, the late queen's favorite flower, and the king loved this flower because it reminded him of his beloved wife. And this infuriated the new queen because she was trying to scrub out all memory of her predecessor. She was like, nope, get rid of all of her stuff. I don't want her anywhere near here. Like if the if this little girl was like crying about her mom, like she would punish her. Like she was like, Jesus, that's not your mom anymore. And so I'm your mom now. I'm your mom. So she was a lady of the house now. She didn't want any reminders. So one day she went to the gardener and she was like, cut that flower down. And the gardener was like, uh, my lady, <laughs> I can't do that. And she's like, cut it down. I don't want it there anymore. And so the gardener very hesitantly did what he was told. So one morning, the king was like, I'm going to take that flower and I'm going to put it on my wife's grave. I'm going to like replant it where my wife is buried. But when he went out there, he couldn't find it. So he questioned the gardeners and very reluctantly, they had to tell him like, oh, yeah, that guy had, was ordered to cut it down and throw it away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so infuriated, the king exiled the gardener, which I think is unfair. Yeah. And then he told the stepmother that if she didn't find a flower that was just as unique and beautiful by the next day, that he would exile her too. Which... Tell the gardener to do that. He's more likely to be able to find a nice flower. Yeah. Also, maybe we don't need, like, maybe don't uh, use your position as leverage within your relationship. Like, you could just be like, hey, I'm really upset about this. I want you to find another flower rather than being like, and I'm also the king and you're exiled, punished forever. (laughs) I don't know. I think the exile is fair and uh, (laughs) necessary. If you're having trouble in your relationship, consider kicking them out of the house for picking a flower. (laughs) Just consider it. I don't know. Try it. (laughs) So the stepmother, she started to go around that day and she's like, what do I do? And it says that she was asking for advice from all the wrong places. (laughs) And eventually some evil people told her how to grow the beautiful flower. They told her to plant Touch Me Not's little brother in the flower bed. (gasps) No! Like a little seed. And that an identical flower would grow. So that night, the queen dug a hole and she took the baby out of his room. And she put him in the ground head first. And then she buried him and then she poured a vat of milk on top of him. Uh, 
Yeah, I know. It said that there was Gross. always milk next to the door because she liked to take milk baths. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've never... Grow up, Max. You don't take your milk baths every night. You're trying I to tell me. <laughs> Gross. So Touch Me Not was sleeping when her brother had been stolen from his bed, but she woke up when she heard noises from the garden, right? And she saw from the window her stepmother bury Mirko alive and afterwards saw her pour a vat of milk on him. And suddenly, a beautiful flower grew from the spot her brother had been planted. And then the new queen was like, yes! <laughs> she like, pumped her <laughs> fist in the air, and it says that she came inside dancing. She was so happy her plan had worked. However, Touch Me Not, who was like, this was very foolish of me, but you have to remember, I was a stupid little kid. <laughs> she began to cry and yell at her stepmother. She's like, you bring my brother back, or I'm going to tell my father everything. And the queen looks at her for a minute, and she's like, yeah, no, you're not. And she, like, takes her, and she runs out of the house with her. She dragged her to the meadow. She planted her the same way she had planted Mirko. And that is how she became a flower. Was She had seen her brother die, and then she was buried in the woods. Mm-hmm. It says, quote, I don't know what happened to my father. Could you go to him and tell him what I told you? Maybe I could become a girl again, and my father would reward you for your help. So now she's like, I have a mission for you. <laughs> I was buried alive in the woods. <laughs> it's a little dark when you get rid of the fantasy elements. Yeah. So is her brother also there? No, he's in the garden bed at the castle. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was just taken out because I think it would be suspicious to have two flowers there. Who knows? But also pretty suspicious that there's a flower there and also both of his kids are gone. (laughs) Right? Okay. It's going to get more suspicious later and nobody asks questions. Hmm. The little girl gently caressed Touch Me Not's leaves, ignoring her name in entirely like yeah you don't touch her <laughs> i hope touch me not is made of poison ivy <laughs> she, she immediately just swells up <laughs> uh so she gently caresses her and she's like okay i'm gonna go to the king quote even if she had to wear her legs down to the knees yeah, <laughs> yeah i prefer the iron shoes metaphor because then you're not like just wearing your own bones down Ugh, really the upsetting. next morning she woke up and she told her mom like i'm not going to the meadow to pick flowers today i have a magical mission given to me by a talking flower and I need to go find a king and I need to tell him that his children were buried alive and that they're flowers now. Okay, mom. And the mom was like, oh, you got sunstroke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, drink some water. Maybe take the day off. I have to go to work, but uh, you stay in bed today. Okay? <laughs> like, don't leave the house. Um, I'll come home later. (laughs) I'm very worried. As soon as her mother had gone to work, the little girl packed her bags and she headed back to the meadow to get some directions. And Touch Me Not told her that she wouldn't have to go far. Luckily. She lived in the nearest town that had three churches. Hmm. She's like, all you have to do is just walk to the nearest town, the one that has three churches, right? And I live there. So not, not a big deal. She told the little girl to tell the king to pull up the flower from the flower bed, being careful not to damage a single leaf or any of the roots, and that everything would come to light. So the little girl set out. And as it turns out, Touch Me Not was terrible with directions, because even though the stepmother had somehow managed to walk in a single night to this meadow, it took this little girl a whole year to make it to what? the town that has three churches. What? (laughs) And the story makes a point to be like, listen, back then it was not like today. Every town has like three or more churches, like every single place. She's like, but back then it was really rare to find a town with three whole churches in it. So, you know. Also, that's a terrible way to give directions. Just be like, hey, like, where's the nearest hospital? Oh, it's in that neighborhood that has two McDonald's on the same street. (laughs) I know. 
I know. It's like a riddle. Why? Why? <laughs> and also, it took her a whole year. I just, Touch Me Not's not good at directions. No. When she, also, how long is the lifespan on that flower? That's what I'm thinking. Hope, so, she's a, hope she's a fucking perennial. Hopefully she's a perennial. <laughs> when she finally counted three spires in a town, she went straight to the king's castle and she requested an audience with the king. She told him she had some important information, right? And the guards were like, yeah, absolutely. He's, you're lucky. He's taking all requests to meet him right now. The reason why is because his queen was sick. And he was like, that's all I have left. So, like, maybe whoever's here has a cure for her. Who knows? So he just let this little girl in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, doctor, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> and so when she entered the castle, she's like, hi, I have some information about your kids. The stepmother who's laying there in, like, the lobby is like, what? What? Nope. Nope. Get her out of here. Shoo. 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 Not her. <laughs> she starts trying to, like, push her out of the door because she senses, uh-oh, something's wrong. It says that, like, justice is coming to get her. And she can tell. So the king is like, stop trying to hurt that little girl. Cut it out. Uh, also, the little girl's name is Dr. Justice. <laughs> it is Dr. Justice. She's a relative of Dr. Boobs. <laughs> So he's like, stop, <laughs> stop trying to hurt that little girl. So he locks the queen out and he's like, okay, tell me what you're going to tell me. And the queen is outside of the door, just beating against the door and screaming and wailing. So this little girl is like, I met your daughter. I met your daughter in the woods. He's like, I can't hear you. She goes, your daughter in the woods. <laughs> and meanwhile, outside the door is just, <laughs> anyway. That's a whole big thing. So he only hears enough to guess that she's telling him that his children are out there somewhere, right? And so he tells her, like, listen, if you can prove your story, I'll make you a princess. Like, I just, I need to know that information. And she's like, yeah, you don't need to. You already have a princess. I'm trying to tell you she's in the woods near my house. You also have a son, and he's even closer. And all you have to do is dig him up. (laughs) And the king's like, I'm sorry, and she's like, he's in the garden, that beautiful flower. All you have to do is dig him up. And the king gets pissed because this story does not seem real. Mm-hmm. And also, he's like, this garden is the only thing that remains of my late wife. And both my children are now gone. And, like, this is, like, my whole family. So you want me to destroy the garden for this weird fucking story? And she's like, I promise you, if you dig up that flower and you don't damage any of the leaves or the roots, that you're going to see your son again. And he looks at her for a second. And he's like, all right then you can be the one to dig it up. Pull up the flower if, you, if you're so confident. But no, if I don't see my son after that, I'm pulling out your tongue. The mm. way that you pulled out that flower. Ugh. Yep. Ugh. Without damaging any of the roots. <laughs> so the girl agrees. And everyone goes out into the garden. And it says, quote, The queen dragged herself out of bed, stumbling three times and followed them, hoping against all hope that the girl would fail. Everyone watched the girl gently pull the flower from the ground, roots and all. And as soon as it was out, pop, Prince Mirko stepped out of the flower bed. But he wasn't a baby anymore. He was hot now. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> um, he was almost as tall as his father now, and he was bright and healthy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, he's, now he's hot. Don't worry. The king embraced his son. He's crying tears of joy. And the queen, quote, would have squeezed herself into any hole to escape. But the courtiers got her. Ha <laughs> 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 Wait, does, is it one of those like time works differently in the cabbage patch kind of things? <laughs> <laughs> Must be. <laughs> <laughs> so the king asked where his daughter was. He's like, you saved my son. Where's my daughter? And she's like, she's at my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. I'll show you how to get to her. Before they left, though, to rescue the princess, 
they took the time to figure out how to punish this queen. They're like, you need to be taken care of very soon. So they dug a hole and they buried her head down in it just as she had buried the children. And instead of growing into a beautiful flower, the queen turned into a sharp, ugly thorn bush. Mm -hmm. And everyone who passed by cut her and cursed her. What? And I'm like, (laughs) she didn't cut them? Badass. Wild. Yeah. They went by carriage to the meadow, which probably took way less time than walking alone on Foothead. Mm-hmm. And when they finally made it to the meadow, though, they found the flower and it was wilting. Aww. And the girl jumped out of the carriage and she said, touch me not. What's wrong? And the flower said, I thought you had left me and I'd never see my father and my brother again. And I was sad. And the girl's like, no, I didn't leave you. Remember, you told me to go on that journey. <laughs> you pointed me in the wrong direction and I had to walk around a huge amount of... Remember, you sent me there. I told you I was going to come back. I had the... Okay, you remember <laughs> we made plans? <laughs> and touch me, it's not like, how do I know where you went? And she's like, you gave me a map and it was badly drawn. You don't remember this, <laughs> you stupid flower. So the king recognizes his daughter's voice and he's like, I want to help her. What do I do? And the little girl's like, well, I can't dig her up because she's called Touch Me Not. And already Touch Me Not told her, if you pull me up, then it'll be bad for me and you. But... The little girl has figured something out. I don't know how she figured this out. She says, no one can save her except for Prince Mirko. And so she looks at him and she says, Mirko, take your knife and cut down this flower. She Hmm? is, touch me not to everyone else, but is a sister to you. You can free her. And I'm wondering if it's because he was also a flower at one point. So, like, he has magic now. I have no idea. Flower powers. Prince Mirko is hesitant. (laughs) He's like, yeah, it doesn't help. For you to say, that's your sister, and also cut her with a knife. (laughs) That actually makes me a little nervous. Uh, But he does as he's told. Quote, no one who was there ever forgot the tinkling sound it made. Once the tinkling ended, the flower fell, and the princess stood up, beautiful beyond words. After the family embraced each other. Older now. Also older. How old? So old. (laughs) (laughs) She is Helen Mirren, the most beautiful older woman. Um, so after the family embraced each other and cried a bunch, Prince Mirko asked the girl to marry him. Now, at this point, they've stopped calling her little girl and they just started calling her the girl. But mm-hmm. it's still a little icky to me. Mm-hmm. But he was a baby planted in the ground like yesterday. He's a so. year old. <laughs> <laughs> so like, who knows? So the flower girl became a queen. The flower queen. Oh. And her mother became the royal mother-in-law who, quote, cooked, baked, and supervised the royal household. What? Yeah, I thought that was bullshit. Let her rest. Yeah, she still has a job? Yeah, what the fuck? Does the king have a job? No. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I guess he does, technically. He's the queen. I don't know. But he didn't. But she's also the queen. He didn't marry. No, she's the royal mother-in-law. He didn't marry her mom. Wouldn't that be no, weird? Because now they're technically I just forgot that that's not how things work. <laughs> <laughs> so one day, this is, if you want to know, like, what happens to Touch Me Not? One day, the Sun King came and asked for her hand in marriage. Oh. And everyone cried so many happy tears that some even fell on the wicked stepmother's thorn bush. Remember that? What? The bush stretched and stretched until it touched her husband's boots. And the king (laughs) stepped on it like, ugh. And after he stepped on it, the bush transformed back into the stepmother. Quote, now so obedient and kind that even the young queen grew to like her. What? And this is the last line in the story. Quote, life was happy from that day on. Everyone who saw the royal family envied them for their luck. This is how I heard it. This is how I tell it. The end. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> so here are some notes. This is ATU type 720, or like the closest type. Mother killed me, father ate me. So like the oh, juniper yeah. tree, which I told in episode 26, a very grim space jam where witches be witching. <laughs> and that's an insane story, honestly. That's a wild one. And also mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, probably another top 10 episode mm. for me. This book is Dancing on Blades, Rare and Exquisite Folktales from the Carpathian Mountains, and it is filled with stories from a trans-Carpathian storyteller called Paliuk Anna, who was nicknamed Annika. Anna was born probably around 1858, and she lived to be 93 years old. She spent her later years happily sitting on her porch, smoking a pipe and telling stories, some passed down and some made up, to her children and grandchildren and to, like, neighborhood children that would just come and, like, listen to her stories. And one of those children that would listen to those stories later on, like in high school and stuff like that, would write them down from memory in notebooks. And later on, she collected all of, like all the ones she could remember, and she put them in a little book. And that sat in a little archive, like it had been submitted to like storytelling competitions, all this stuff, like, you know, just trying to get Anna's stories out there. But it had sat in this Hungarian like archives for years and years and years, like since probably like the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Chenga... Our Queen Jenga was a very young storyteller, and she decided that she wanted to find, like, little-known Hungarian folktales. She was like, I want to find the ones that no one's ever heard. And she's from Hungary. So she went to the library, and she checked out this book that basically had no cover art. And it was called Folktales from the Upper Tisha Region. And in this book, it was a collection of stories from two authors, one male and one female, or two storytellers, right? And the female was Paliuk Anna. And Chenga started noticing the stories that she loved out of this book were all from Anna. Like, she didn't have any connection with the male storyteller. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I have 30 of this woman's tales here. And there's a note from this author saying, like, I got some of these from this woman who had collected them before. But there's, like, hundreds more that this woman had written down. I only took, like, 30 of them. Mm -hmm. And Chenga was like where are the hundreds that are, (laughs) what do you mean there are hundreds more? (laughs) Like, what the hell? And so she got a research permit to go to the archives of the Hungarian Museum of Ethnography to try to hunt down the rest of Anna's story. And eventually she found them and she described finding them the way that people describe finding hidden treasure. She's just like, oh my God. And it was just (laughs) filled again with hundreds of these stories. Like, and basically since they were all handwritten from this like young girl from memory and she didn't really edit them, she changed like little bits. You could tell to kind of fill in gaps, but for the most part it has like quotes from Anna and it has like all this stuff. So it's like you're hearing them in her own voice and it's just the coolest shit. That's so cool. Um, This book is a collection of Anna's tales edited by Chenga Varag Zalka, and it is made up of five parts. One, spinning old into gold. Part two is the kind and the unkind. Part three is questions big and small. Part four is Annika's garden of rarities, which is where this is from, because she's obsessed with plants. And she like, (laughs) the way she describes them sets up basically like, what her home was like in the Carpathian Mountains. Like, they're all very specific, like, plants that you would find in the mountains around, like, Hungary and Ukraine and stuff like that, which is really cool. And then part five is love in all its strangeness and glory. And in true Changa fashion, every story in this book is ethically sourced. It includes comments on how she edited them to make more sense, which parts she left untouched and why, and how to continue your research if you want to know more. So it is just a storyteller's dream book, as always. God, Chenga, what a hero. Chenga, honestly, what a hero. And that so is Touch Me Not. I love it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot. I don't know how I feel about the stepmother becoming obedient at the end. Yeah, that feels weird. 
It feels like I was completely on board with her being punished and being turned into a thorn bush because she buried children alive. Yeah. But <laughs> then I was weirdly on her side and I was like, no, no, no. She should stay wicked. <laughs> you do you, girl. Yeah. That's a weird one. The rest of it, though, I really like. I like the flower. <laughs> Love that little flower. It's really hot. In this house. <laughs> oh, stop. I feel everything. <laughs> other flowers feel things too, but you can pick them all you want because they can't talk. I'm not like the other flowers. <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> oh no. Touch me not is a pick me bitch. <laughs> a don't pick me bitch. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break then and to try to get the air conditioning Stand back in front down. of the open refrigerator. God damn it. It's 80 degrees now. Oh. Okay. Oh no. Well, we'll be back. Goodbye. Okay, Janie. Okay, Max. Janie, okay? I have a story for you today. It's called The Wood Lady. (laughs) It comes from a collection of stories called Slavic Myths, uh, which is one of the flame tree books of, like, the greatest mythology in the world. Flame Tree is a publishing house run by Jake Jackson slash J.K. Jackson, whose name is actually Nick Wells. Um, We've had a couple of his... (laughs) books on here before. I did research this time because I was like, this guy keeps fucking coming up. Jake Jackson has put together a bunch of collections of folklore from like publicly available folklore resources that are out of copyright, basically. So they like, he basically takes like the Project Gutenberg for all these older folktale collections and publishes them, which is, you know, cool. It makes it a little bit more accessible. Yeah. Um, Big into that. Big into that. A hundred percent. So Jake Jackson is the editor for a bunch of these different folktale collections that are all kind of grouped by like where they're from. So I have a collection of like Chinese myths from Jake Jackson's Flame Tree series. I have a collection of Japanese myths and Korean myths. Yeah. And, like he's just a, a bunch him. of different ones. Yeah. That's why this book looks familiar because it is the same size and it looks roughly the same as Chinese myths. Yeah. The exactly. one with the big books a million sticker, whatever yes. they have on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, um, they're really cool collections of books. They're uh, really nice for kind of getting groundwork on, like, a culture's stories. A lot of times they only come from, like, one or two different sources, Mm -hmm. but they demonstrate, like, a pretty wide breadth of stories from those cultures, which I think is very cool. This story originally comes from A.H. Ratislaw, um, who was an English folklore collector. He was of Czech descent, Mm -hmm. and so he spent a lot of his time going to areas in Czechoslovakia and everything and collecting bohemian myths, folktales. And he wrote a collection of them, which he brought back to England. This is also, this is a very shallow skim of the Wikipedias for this. But it seems like he's very much like a scholar, brought some of the stories back. A lot of people were like, you changed these stories a lot and that's not great. And he was like, hmm, maybe I didn't though. What? Yeah. I've never heard of people like in the old days. I have yeah, this no was like the late 1700s, early 1800s. Yeah, I've never heard of people caring about people changing other cultures' myths. Yeah. Apparently there was one guy who, like, called him out and was like, you are making this shit up. Honestly, um, which, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's no, there isn't really a lot of a way to tell. The weird thing about folklore is that you can be like, yeah, it's fucked up to, like, change someone's story. But at the same time, that's how stories are formed. Yeah. And... It's, there's also no way to say, like, this is the story that someone was told. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, look, this is why we have so many different versions of all the same tales. The reason why there are so many different tale types with several stories under them that are just the same story. And it's the reason why the Brothers Grimm, you know, Mm -hmm. can be so tough. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it's also the reason why our podcast is called Sort of the Story. It's Sort of the Story. So you're about to tell us sort of this Czech story? Yes. So this is a Czech story. It was also published in the 1900s, in like 1917, I think, by Parker Fillmore, who took a bunch of stories from a bunch of different places again, took some stories from A.H. Radislaw's collection, and then re-edited them. So this is an additional, like, <laughs> translated version, kind of. Yeah. And there are also things where Parker Fillmore said, like, hey, I'm presenting these stories to you. Yes, I changed some things. I think the stories are better for them. There's a reason why I did it. And if you enjoy it, then I was right. <laughs> okay. Which, again, like, there's... Yeah, the moralism of folktales is always a little bit muddy, but that's just the that's the history of it a little bit. I have this story in the book Slavic Myths from the Flame Tree collection of mythology and folklore stories, edited by Jake Jackson. Long story. Okay, uh, Jake Jackson also is a super weird guy. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Googled him. He is the founder of Flame Tree Books. Oh, he is also a musician, and also a bunch of other things. <laughs> his like a, his bio is like he's like hi you might know me from i started this publishing company and i edited a bunch of books on mythology and also i produced calendars for literally years and also i produce a lot of like beginner guitar books <laughs> that i write and also i'm really into string theory it's like oh all right <laughs> cool man <laughs> love it anyways so that's where i have this uh it's a fun little collection and I'm really excited about this story. We are recording this on July 2nd. This is true. Which means it is no longer Pride Month. <laughs> Except that every month is Pride Month. And this story is gay as fuck. Yes! <laughs> Woo! I'm, so, I'm excited. so excited. This is fully a softcore lesbian porno. Oh, I'm fucking excited <laughs> for this. so good. <laughs> All right. Get ready. This is great. Okay. <laughs> there once was a young woman named Betty... She lived with her mother. Her mother was a widow. They lived in a cottage in the woods, and they had two she-goats and this dilapidated cottage in the woods, and that was all they had to their names, Mm -hmm. right? But in spite of this, Betty was uh, a very happy girl. Every day she would go out, and she was in charge of taking the goats out to pasture. Mm -hmm. So she would bring them out to the birch wood by her house and let them graze. And meanwhile, her mother would give her every day flax to spin into yarn. Yeah. Right? So she would go out with the spindle and a basket full of flax, and her mother would also give her a slice of bread for lunch. So far, this is the exact same setup as my story about Sun Girl and Dragon Prince, except that she's not being abused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, somehow, it's the exact same thing. Like, she was sent out to the pasture with the sheep, and she had to comb yarn, and she was only given bread to eat. She was like, this is terrible. And Betty's like, I have a good life. <laughs> Yeah, her mom's also, like... That's the power of love, okay? (laughs) So her mom loves her very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very happy. They are very poor. So this is kind of, like, she gives her bread, and that's kind of a good thing. Like, that's, like, a nice treat Attitude is everything. Yeah. (laughs) This story on a motivational poster in a guidance counselor's (laughs) Hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. Yep, hang in there, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. So every day, Betty goes out with the with the goats, and she has this bundle of flax that she's supposed to make into yarn. Basically, she she brings a spindle with her, and she's supposed to spin it out. Her mom gives her a piece of bread. So Betty goes out with these two she-goats, brings them out into the birch wood, mm-hmm. and uh, leaves them to pasture. 
for most of the morning, she, you know, spins with her spindle. And I had to look up how a spinning wheel works, like how you spin thread in order to understand this. So yeah. I'm going to explain that to you a little bit. Okay. When you spin thread, a lot of times you'll use a spindle, which is like that big spinning wheel thing. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. The spindle is not the spinning wheel. A lot of times you will use a spinning wheel, which has a spindle. And when you're spinning, you have the spindle, which is what like you wrap the yarn around to make it like a single thing instead of a bundle of things, kind of. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of. The spindle <laughs> is also what Aurora pricks her finger on. Yeah. So it's like a pointed like, needle. Yeah. There's also a piece called the distaff. So basically how it works, the distaff has like the raw flax on it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it kind of looks like, um, you know, like the cotton candy on a cone kind of thing. Yeah. It looks like that. So it's like a thing that you put the flax on. So it's all in one place. And then you pull out like bundles from the distaff and feed it into the spindle. Mm-hmm. And then you use the spindle to wrap it into yarn, basically. Yeah. So she has her spindle. She doesn't have a distaff, though, because they're very poor. So mm-hmm. um, she doesn't have anything to kind of hold the raw flax while she spins it on the spindle. Mm-hmm. So what she does is every day she wraps the flax around her head. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like her hair. <laughs> so she just has a lot of, like, flax in her hair. Okay, but actually that solves a description of so many of our fairy tale characters having, like, flax in hair and stuff yeah. like that. Like, huh. Yeah, and it's also, the the way that this description sounds is it's like she's taking, it It sounds like if you were to come across her while she's doing it, this, it would look like she was literally spinning her hair. Yeah. Because she's just, she has it on top of her head and then is, like, pulling it down in pieces to wrap around the spindle. Cool. To spin into yarn, which, very cool. That very cool description. In some, like, little gaps in my folklore knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is something that like people did. I couldn't find any like records of yeah that being a thing that people did, but I do really like it as a visual. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have a distaff. She puts the flax on her head and in her hair uh, so that, you know, she can keep it close by, close by. And, you know, while she's spinning the thread throughout the morning, she takes her spindle and she sings and she spins and the goats pasture. And every day at midday, she has her little lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, So she takes her piece of bread and she goes through the forest and she forages around for whatever fruits or berries are in season. And usually it specifically looks for strawberries because she loves strawberries. Same girl. So she has her nice little lunch of strawberries and bread. Mm -hmm. And then she collects all the breadcrumbs in her skirt and she picks them all up and puts them on a rock for the birds oh <laughs> and, okay. and after she has lunch uh she goes and dances around mm-hmm. in the forest she just hangs out in the forest and dances with the goats and like runs around <laughs> and everything and like spins for the rest of the afternoon and then you know and then it's time for her to go home with the, with the goats well i want that life i know right <laughs> <laughs> that all sounds great right add some goat cheese in there and i am in business they mentioned that they milk the goats they could make goat cheese i'm sure they do because this is my dream <laughs> a little a little strawberry goat cheese sandwich oh my god mm. oh my god oh my god <laughs> we're ending the podcast goodbye <laughs> Every day she goes out and does this. Sometimes she gets caught up dancing, and so she doesn't do any more spinning for the afternoon, so she doesn't get quite as much yarn spun as as maybe she should. And her mother is always kind of, like, doesn't say anything, because mm-hmm. she does it. She's, like, a girl. She's bored. Yeah, and she's out dancing and having fun in the forest, so she's not mad about it, right? Mm-hmm. That's just something that sometimes happens. One day, Betty is out in the forest, and... Uh, she has the goats out to pasture. She, she spends the morning spinning the flax. And then um, at noon, when the sun is high in the sky, she sets down the spindle and she goes off to forage for her strawberries for her lunch. She is dancing through the forest. And 
she's spinning and like singing to herself and then she like spins and then she spins again and directly behind her has appeared the most beautiful woman she has ever seen. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This woman appears as if out of nowhere, just from thin air. Mm -hmm. And she has long golden hair. She is wearing a white dress that is described as like gossamer silk. Probably like a little bit sheer. Yeah, I was and like, thinking, like <laughs> okay. And she's wearing a garland around her hair of all of these woodland flowers and like leaves and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and Betty spins and like almost runs into this beautiful woman, and uh, like immediately like falls over and is terrified. Yeah, that's terrifying. Um, this is scary. And she like is awestruck. She can't speak and j- is like, I should probably run. And the maiden like looks down at her and says, Betty, are you fond of dancing? (laughs) (laughs) And Betty immediately stops being scared. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I love dancing. If I could, I would dance all day long, every day. It's my favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And the maiden says, well, then let's dance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And (laughs) here's the description. The maiden takes up her dress on one side, so she, like, hitches her skirt, Mm -hmm. and then she seizes Betty around the waist, and they begin to dance. (laughs) And they are dancing and spinning. It says, Betty's heart skipped within her. The birds in the trees, as though struck up into an orchestra by this maiden's dancing, Mm -hmm. all begin to sing in unison this beautiful dancing song. And so the maiden and Betty... It's just the song that they play in in Titanic when they're dancing Mm -hmm. uh, and spinning (laughs) around. It's just that song. 100%. And they're doing that dance. (laughs) All of these birds start singing. Betty and this maiden are just whirling around and... Betty is, like, giddy with joy. This is, like, this woman is so beautiful, and she dances so amazingly that Betty feels like she's not even touching the ground. Here's a little here's a little passage for you. Betty's cheek flamed. Her eyes glittered. She forgot her task and her goats and only gazed at her partner, who twirled before and around her with the most charming movements, and so lightly that the grass didn't even bend beneath her delicate foot. Oh, she hot. That's gay. That's gay as hell. <laughs> You're in love, dude. <laughs> What's the note that you wrote on the side of... Th- I've never seen you do side margin notes. Oh, uh, that's because I forgot something. Oh, okay. And I had to go back and put it back in. That you were just like, gay, this is gay. I love this. <laughs> it's gay. It's gay. <laughs> it's for lesbians. Lesbians. <laughs> so they spin and they dance and Betty is just entranced by this beautiful woman. She doesn't even feel the time pass. They dance from noon until the sun begins to set. And her feet don't hurt. And she feels... She never gets tired. And this, she and this maiden just dance through the forest. Mm-hmm. When the sun goes down, though, the music of the birds starts to fade a little bit. And the maiden sort of, like, spins Betty out. And then when she spins back, the maiden is gone. Oh, okay. And Betty looks around and she's like... Wait, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) And she looks around and she like goes to like feel her head because she's like, what the fuck just happened? And she feels all of this bundled flax that she has not spun. Oh, no. And she has to go home and she hasn't done the thing that she was supposed to do all day. And she's like, oh, fuck. 
fuck. And so she goes and she finds the goats Mm -hmm. and she picks up her spindle and her basket. She takes the flax down from her hair, puts it in the basket and like starts to hurry home because she's already running late Mm -hmm. and she didn't do the thing that she was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And she's like herding the goats along quickly and (laughs) she is like cursing herself. She's like, how did I let myself get distracted by this. I had one very simple job and I just lost track of time for half of an entire day. Yeah. I how can I be so busy dancing that I forgot about all of my chores? Hey, I'm Betty, an idiot. Hey, Betty, <laughs> Betty, sometimes you just have to not do your chores so you can dance with a hot lady. So <laughs> give yourself a break. So she's just like frustrated with herself and she's walking home and like muttering and usually when she walks home with the goats she like is singing and dancing and everything and this time she's just like oh god damn it why the fuck and just annoyed uh the note that i have written here on the side is this is a detail that i absolutely loved but i forgot to write down for some reason as she's herding the goats home they keep looking back at her because she's not singing and they're like do we get picked up by someone else's mom like (laughs) our mom sings (laughs) so the goats keep turning around to be like is she still there Oh, is that is that our shepherdess? Are we sure? <laughs> She's being really weird. <laughs> um, so she goes home and she's like cursing herself. And she's like, if I ever see that woman again, I'm not letting her distract me. I have chores and, you know, I can't just be dancing all day. Yeah. So she gets home and she puts away the flax and in the basket. She puts away the empty spindle and she knows that her mom doesn't it's called reeling um, when yeah. you, yeah, when you like actually put it into a skein mm-hmm. for the yarn. So her, she does the spinning. Her mother does the reeling, and she knows that her mother doesn't do the reeling every day. She does like alternating days of chores, and she's like, maybe she won't get to this today. Mm-hmm. So maybe she won't notice that I haven't spun this, and I'll just spin twice as much tomorrow, and it'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? So she gets home, she, like, puts this away really quickly and just, like, goes to bed, like, angry at herself. (laughs) She wakes up the next morning and she takes the goats out into the birchwood. And she's like, all right, today we're getting shit done. We're Mm -hmm. not getting distracted. Yeah. So she sits down under the tree and works industriously to spin all of this flax and everything. (laughs) And she takes, like, a quick little lunch break and she goes to... um, goes to go find like her strawberries and she sits down with the goats and she says, okay, today I'm not going to dance. Okay. And then she hears a voice behind her say, why not? Uh Oh, and the maiden has appeared again. (laughs) And why mustn't you? The maiden says, and Betty immediately is terrified again because this woman has appeared out of nowhere. And she's like, I'm not going to let her trick me. So she like clamps her eyes shut and the maiden's like, Hey, why don't you want to (laughs) dance? And, Betty, like, peeks out of one eye and says, Mm -hmm. I can't dance with you. I have to – I didn't get any of my spinning done yesterday, and now I have to do twice as much today, or I'm going to get in trouble (laughs) because I didn't get, like – so, no, I can't dance with you. I'm really sorry, but I can't. Yeah. And the maiden says, yeah, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the maiden was going to be like, I'll help you with your spinning. But she's like, no, you can just not do your work. (laughs) The maiden says – It's easy. Watch this. And then she just starts swaying. (laughs) The maiden says, only come and dance. Before the sun sets, help will be found for you. Okay. So she's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll it'll get taken care of. Just come dance. And Betty's like, okay. (laughs) Deal. Uh, And so the maiden takes her by the waist once again, and they spin through the forest. The birds are singing loudly and more beautifully even than, than the day before. And Betty cannot look out of this maiden's eyes. She's just completely enchanted. And once again, she she feels as though like, 
a minute has passed. And then she looks around and sees that the sun is starting to go down. So they're spinning and Betty goes to the maid and she's like, the sun is going down. I really have to get this like spun before I go home. And the maid's like, hey, no worries. I've got this. And so the maiden takes this bundle of flax and the sun is beginning to set. It is touching the horizon. Mm-hmm. The maiden throws the flax over a birch branch and takes the spindle and starts spinning this thread unbelievably masterfully. Mm-hmm. And before the sun has even gone below the horizon, this maiden has spun so much of this flax and yarn enough for two days work. Hey! In like 10 minutes. <laughs> She's great at this. Yeah, she is. And she gives the bundle of yarn to Betty and she says... There you go. And now it's all taken care of. Thanks for the dance. Okay, so have a good night. Bye. (laughs) And then she disappears. No, and then they kiss. (laughs) (laughs) So Betty takes this bundle of yarn and she says, if she is so good and kind, I will dance with her again if she comes again. (laughs) (laughs) That is a direct quote. Yeah. I (laughs) love the amount of flustering in that like weird translation. Like just... If, yeah, she's, mm-hmm, that was really nice. <laughs> I guess, yeah, maybe she isn't so bad, maybe. And maybe it would be fine if she did come back and maybe she would want to dance. Not that I would want her to come back, but, like, if she did, like, I guess it would be fine if we were to dance again if she comes back. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Could be nice. Whatever. <laughs> so, this is so fucking cute. I know. <laughs> so she heads home with the goats and she is, like, dancing behind them and singing. And so they all trot back off home. Mm-hmm. She gets home and her mother is waiting for her. And she's like, Betty, I went to go reel the yarn today and there wasn't any. What happened? Like, are you okay? What happened that you didn't get any of your spinning done yesterday? Yeah. And Betty thinks about telling her about the maiden. And then she's like, I can't tell her because I don't know what she is. Yeah. So she's like, I can't tell her what she is because I don't know. So the next time I see her, if I see her again, I will ask her what she is and then I can tell my mom. <laughs> yeah. A lesbian. I was going to say, I was going to say like, <laughs> what are you? And she's like, oh, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought that was clear. Sorry. <laughs> I, I keep coming here to dance with you. I did all your work for you. I demonstrated my value to you. I We kissed a bunch. Like, I thought you knew. <laughs> are we... Are we not dating? <laughs> are you trying to say, what are we? <laughs> Girlfriends. So she decides she can't tell her mom about this woman. But she says, I got caught up dancing and I lost track of time and I wasn't able to do my spinning. And her mom's like, okay, well, you know, um, I I hope you're okay and that like nothing is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But that's all right. And Betty's like, also, I, I did twice as much today. So, and she gives this big bundle of yarn to her mom. And her mom's like, okay, great. No worries then. Her mom's like, oh, so you can get lots of work done. You just, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she specifically doesn't say that. <laughs> a nice mom. Right. So her mom's like, okay, thank you. And then they go to bed. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Betty wakes up again and she brings the goats out to the pasture in the birch wood and she is singing and spinning and she takes her lunch and she puts out her breadcrumbs for the birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she starts to. <gasps> is the breadcrumbs for the birds part of why this girl's coming here? It's like when the little people show up because they keep getting offerings. That isn't expressly stated. I do think that's true. Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> she eats her lunch. She gives her breadcrumbs to these birds and then she is kind of like, well, I'm not, like, 
waiting for her. Like, if she shows up, like, whatever. But she starts to, like, dance on her own. She's like, I'm a pretty good dancer. I bet I can dance as good as her. And so she starts to, like, dance on her own. And she's trying to dance the way that this maiden dances. And uh, she's, like, dancing around. And she runs up to the goats. And she goes, goats, let's dance. And then the maiden appears behind her and says, can I come? (laughs) She says, let's go together. And once again, she seizes Betty around the waist. And they begin to spin through the forest. Mm Mm-hmm. Girlfriends. Um, girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Betty forgot her spindle and her goats, saw nothing but the beautiful maiden, whose body bent in every direction like a willow wand. <laughs> oh my god, just... Yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking... It's the, the car... Yeah, the to, wacky to inflatable yeah. uh, arm man. Mm-hmm. It's just D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's exactly <laughs> what she is. The blonde oh, hair. No. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping her from getting work done. It's just D. It's just D. So once again, she's like, well, I could be pretty good at dancing. And then Im- immediately, as soon as this maiden appears, she's like, no, I'm not that good at dancing. I, I, win- I It's not good to dance unless I'm dancing with her because it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing sucks, actually. <laughs> actually, it sucks. I hate dancing. I only like women. <laughs> <laughs> so they dance until dusk once again. And, you know, she realizes that the sun is going down. She's like, oh, my God, I forgot to ask. Can you help me with my spinning again today? And the maiden is like, yeah, I got you, babe. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so the maiden takes the basket of flax and she says... Wait, hang on. I didn't write this down because I was like, I'm not going to say this. But you need to. We need every single line. Yeah. The maiden specifically says, give me your basket. I will make up to you for what you have left undone today. All right. I, because it's like, it's about like the chores, but also it's like, maybe a little sexy. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, some things, there's some things we haven't done yet that I will um, do. <laughs> that I will do for you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right in the basket. Pretty sexy. <laughs> so she says, I will make up for what was left undone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes the basket and then she disappears into the forest for a couple of minutes and she comes back with the covered basket and she mm-hmm. says, okay, don't look at this now. Wait until you get home. Okay. And be safe. Uh-oh. And then she disappears. Okay. And so Betty gathers up the goats and everything and starts to head home. And no, she's no. like, I'm not going to look at it. Yes. I'm not going to look at it. I'm Betty, not going to do it. Listen, and then she please. Gets, <laughs> and then she gets halfway home and she's like, I'm going to look at it. No. I got to look at it. <laughs> My girlfriend gave me a present and I have to know what it is. <laughs> so she opens up the basket and it, cause it's like really light. And so she's like, I'm actually kind of worried. Like, what if there's nothing in there? Like, or what if, I don't know. Like, what if, I don't know. And so she opens up the basket and it's incredibly light. And she sees inside underneath of the spindle and the flax Mm -hmm. she's like there's something in there and she starts to pull them out and underneath is leaves just birch leaves oh no she's like oh my god i didn't get my spinning done and then she tricked me she gave me leaves what the hell am i supposed to do with leaves and she's like frustrated and she starts like taking fistfuls of the leaves out of the basket and throwing them in the road and she's like how could i have been so fucking stupid that's how fairies that's their money (laughs) (laughs) she's just fucking making it rain out in the field (laughs) she's like i don't need leaves worthless and the fairy queen's like i okay well that's like every every cent i have (laughs) (laughs) that's queen mab's treasury but whatever okay (laughs) um She's like, oh, I get God, it. I she can't, can't believe... be bought. 
She's like, I can't believe she tricked me again. This is like two days now that I haven't gotten my spinning done and my mom's gonna be so mad. And I really like, I can't believe that she tricked me again. And so she's like throwing these leaves out of the basket and she's like, God, I'm so stupid. And then she like, she like sits for a second. She's like, okay, it's fine. The leaves are fine. I can bring them home and put them in the goat's pen. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave the rest of them in this basket Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna go home and it's fine. And I'll spin twice as much tomorrow and that'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So she gets home and as she arrives at the little hut with the goats, she sees her mother is standing on the threshold of their house and waiting for her. Uh-oh. And as soon as she walks up, her mom is like, what did you bring into our house yesterday? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, because it's all leaves. And Betty's like, I don't know what you mean. And her mom says that she went to go and reel the yarn. Yeah. Right. And she reels out one skein of yarn from the basket that Betty had brought home. And then she reels out a second skein of yarn and a third and a fourth. And she looks and the yarn is the same size as it was before she started. It is like an unending (gasps) basket of like all the yarn you could ever possibly need in your life. Oh, fuck. So she's like, and immediately I was like, what the fuck is going on? And her mom says, "Uh, what evil spirit has done this? And in that moment the remainder of the yarn in the basket vanished. So the yarn that she had spun is still fine. The yarn that she had brought home in the basket Mm -hmm. disappears. Yeah. And so immediately the mom was like, okay, so clearly some kind of magic shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, so what exactly happened? What was that yarn? And like, what did you do? Yeah. And Betty explains, she's like, I saw this woman in the woods. She danced with me all day long. And she said that she would help me with my spinning because I got distracted and I didn't get it done. And so she gave me that, yarn and i brought it home and you know i don't know i don't know what it was yeah and her mom is like okay it's okay no no i know what this is it's all right it's fine and her mother explains like let me tell you about my lover (laughs) (laughs) it's lesbians (laughs) it's okay what's happening to you is perfectly normal (laughs) lesbians it's lesbians (laughs) her mother says that was a wood lady Wood ladies are creatures of the forest, and every day at midday and every night at midnight, they hold dances in the forest. She says, lucky that you are not a boy or would you would not have come out of her arms alive. She would have danced with you as long as there was breath in your body or have tickled you to death. <clears throat> but they have compassion on girls and often give them rich presents. Oh. So she's like, that's a wood lady. They do murder horny boys, mm-hmm. but they love girls mm-hmm. and you're so lucky that she didn't fucking tickle you to death <laughs> this is just <laughs> okay wood lady <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> her mom explains she's like okay so if you were a boy this would be a big problem but you're not mm-hmm. and you're safe and you're fine and you got a really nice present and i wish that you had told me about this before because if i had known that this was a wood lady i would have known that the present was like Good and fine. Not evil. Yeah. And I wouldn't have insulted them. Yes, exactly. So she's like, we could have had a whole house full of yarn to sell if you had told me what was going on. But it's okay. You know, you're safe. Everything is fine. Mm -hmm. And Betty's like, oh my God. Okay, so I didn't get tricked. This is like fine. And then she starts thinking and she's like, what about the leaves in the basket? She's like, maybe maybe there's something under them. So she goes and gets the basket and she opens it up. She pulls out the spindle and all of the flax that's left unspun on the top of the basket. And there's the leaves remaining, the ones that she didn't throw out of the basket on the road. Mm -hmm. And she and her mother look in and they gasp. All of the leaves have turned to gold. (gasps) Oh, no. So she did make it rain outside. Go get those other leaves. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, her mom the next day goes, uh, Betty tells her, like, I threw out the leaves on the road. And her mom goes out the next day to go find the leaves and, like, picks up all the birch leaves that she can find and brings them back home. And they're just leaves Um, (laughs) because she threw them out before she got home. Yeah. But so they have these golden leaves that the wood lady has given to Betty. And they're, like, rich now. Okay. (laughs) They have, like, a whole basket full of gold. So uh, her mom takes the gold and they buy a small estate and a whole herd of cattle and they become, like, very well off. And Betty is, like, dressed in all of the finest clothes and everything like that. She doesn't even have to go out and take the goats out to pasture. They have people for that now. But whatever she had, however cheerful and happy she was, nothing ever gave her so great delight as she had dancing with the wood lady. She often went to the birch wood. She was attracted there. She hoped for the good fortune of seeing the beautiful maiden, but she never set eyes on her more. No, and that's the end. That was her just little lesbian awakening. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. she can go on and find a wife. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lesbians. Lesbians. <laughs> that 100% was just girls. That was so good. Yeah, I I kept expecting, I had the same thought you did where I was like, oh God, it's all leaves. And then I was like, oh no, she tricked her. Or like, we, Well, we've heard so many little people stories where mm-hmm. it's like, if you don't listen to their instructions exactly, they will take away or they'll punish you or they, you know, everything they've given you will disappear. Yeah. And this was just not that. I love that. I also love the implication of the end isn't that the wood lady is like mad at her or anything like no. that. No. It's just that now she doesn't go into the forest at midday so they don't get to dance anymore and the wood lady's probably like kind of sad that she didn't come back <laughs> i wish uh she would go at midday i also wish that or midnight or <laughs> betty go in the woods at midnight god <laughs> guys being a girl is so good <laughs> god lesbians i that made me happy that made me uh proud for some reason (laughs) i feel the pride as a straight woman who should not that made me feel very proud (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's i just i just i loved that story i loved a lot of things about it i loved that the wood lady wasn't evil yeah i loved that here's okay here's the thing that i really like so a h radislaw who was the person who originally recorded this had, like, the criticism of, like, you're not telling the stories the way that they're told within these groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. And then the same criticism was put on uh, Parker Fillmore of, like, you're changing these stories. Yeah. Which means that any part of this could be invented, mm-hmm. which means that this could have been a story where it's like, ooh, she got tricked by a fairy, and, like, ooh, now she learned her lesson or whatever. But they were like, what if they were lesbians? <laughs> but what if instead... What if instead lesbians? <laughs> okay. Someone at some point in time... Either this was already a story that and is very clearly just about lesbians, or someone was like, this would be better with lesbians, and they were right. <laughs> I was going to say, it could have also very much depend, like, just based off of the time period that it was rewritten, mm-hmm. it could have very much have been a lesbian story, where it has all of the same trappings as, like, a lot of our, like, heterosexual stories, where it's like, and then they kissed, or this happened, whatever. Like, it could have had all of that, and those things were taken out to water it down. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt listening to it was this could be more (laughs) could be gayer (laughs) this could be gayer and it feels a little bit like men were like two women kissing doesn't make sense we'll just have them dancing (laughs) for sure instead of hardcore scissoring (laughs) should Uh, that be the episode title (laughs) no (laughs) i think it should just be yours should be don't pick me bitch and then parentheses lesbians (laughs) Uh, uh yeah i I also love about this story, um, 
Oh, I lost it. Where did it go? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Well, I thought that was fantastic. Thanks. What if this was a good meadow episode? Oh my god, the girls in the meadows! (laughs) This episode was pastoral as fuck. Yeah, and also involved a main young girl meeting a woman in the forest, like in a meadow. Mm -hmm. Both of them had that. Yeah, just one of them was a sassy flower. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, if you liked that, which if you didn't, um, you're homophobic. If you like, how could that? you not like that? <laughs> Honestly, you should have liked that. And if you didn't, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, go Sorry, uh, I was busy shaming them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you guys. We did everything great. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> um, I really liked also that this is like a story that's been told a lot of times. Like even like Klaus the Little Cheese Boy. Like the oh. idea of like being lured into the woods by yeah. a fairy or whatever. And there's always consequences. And a lot of times it is very heteronormative of like a man goes into the woods and he sees a woman and then he like chases her. And then it turns out that like, you know, yeah. like she was a fairy and he she tricked him and everything. And this was not only not that in that it was not heteronormative. It yeah. was also not that because it was like, yeah, she's just kind of there. Like the whole time she's like, hey... Do you like to dance? Do you want to dance? Will you dance with me? Like, it's very, like... It also probably... Consent-based. It's very, like, mutual interest-based. It's it's great. To me, it also feels like she wouldn't have appeared to a girl at all, except for this particular girl was dancing. And she was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and also she comes there and dances every day at midday. She had probably seen her dancing a lot of times before. Mm. I just like it. I just like it. Yeah, it also... It could have very easily have been a cautionary tale on like it could have been a cautionary tale and it wasn't yeah i love that it wasn't yeah oh so good so good okay guys well if you loved that which we know you did now we don't have to question (laughs) you anymore and we're sorry we did (laughs) (laughs) then consider leaving us a five-star review i'm going to pick one now do you want to pick the first one okay i feel like you've read the reviews more than i have here all you have to do is scroll through Oh, she's going to pick our favorite one. Uh, While she's looking for them, if you enjoyed this and you think that you want more, but you are at the end of the episode catalog as we have thus far, then consider joining our Patreon. For $3 a month, you can be part of Team Troll and join our Discord. And for $7 a month, you can get that extra bonus episode. And now we are up to five. Happy July. Happy July. We can also accept emails, and we would love to, (laughs) at sortofthestory at gmail.com. And we have all of our socials, including... Instagram and TikTok, and those can be found at Sword of the Story, but also on our website, swordofthestory.com. Okay, Max, go. This is a five-star rating from JC Bellino from January of this year. My favorite podcast, five stars. I put all the other podcasts I listen to on the back burner so I can listen to this pod from the beginning. I've been telling everyone about it. Max and Janie are such great storytellers, and they make it feel like you're just hanging out with your besties. Definitely worth a listen. Yeah! I love it. Yeah! I'm going to do one more. It's just from Haley with a little tee emoji. <laughs> Haley from October 31st, 2022. I will give them my firstborn five stars. <laughs> and that's the sort of commitment we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so leave us a five star review. And honestly, if it stands out, we're going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I am excited for that. We hope you guys have the best first week of July. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> So I gave art, well, didn't give. I got paid to do art for the closing of Prima Facci with Jodie Comer, Comer, which is closing today as we record this.
And now Jodi Comer has seen my art and she gave me a compliment. Secondhand, I got it from the person who hired me. So like, what I'm asking is, do you think that's enough of an in to just show up at her door and ask if I could stay at her house in London? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I would say, I mean, if you're not buying your tickets now, then you should be because... Do you think that it, July is a good time to buy tickets to London? I feel like maybe waiting for like an off season. No, I would get in there now, like immediately. Okay. Like maybe we shouldn't even do this episode and you should just go to London and find Jodie Comer. All right, guys, we gotta go. <laughs>